Play me some Pippin, man. Welcome to another episode of the Big Church Podcast. The doors are open. The church is on the move. So pay your ties on the spot and stay away from short pocket thoughts. Get in. Hey, man, it's always a treat when players meet. We're back before another episode. And I got my homie women, Big Fox. You know what I'm talking about? It's going down the real way, man. Get in. Hey, man. Episode 87, you know what I'm talking about, man, uh, music and mental health, man. We got one of the coldest mentors, CEOs in the city, man, that's uh, really down for the music and really getting people back to square one and getting their mental health right in any kind of way. Music industry, the job, whatever, you know what I'm saying? He's here for that. Sir. And uh, <clears throat> he inboxed me. I said, I'd love to have you on the uh, platform, man. So y'all give it up for the CEO of Six Square Academy, Jay Lawrence. He did. What's wrong, Jay? What's love, man. What's good with you, brother? Man, it's how good, man. Glad Let me get that cord to... off your mic, brother. Yeah. Glad to be able to come here and sit and talk with you guys, man. Dig that, man. Uh, I love what y'all got going and um, you know, love to add to it any way I can at the end of the day. Right. And um, bro, um, I just want to let the people know, you know, out there in the uh, scatter sites land at the congregation, um, a little bit about yourself, okay, and where you're from, and uh, we'll take it and take it to the top after that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm Jay Lawrence, and um, I was born in Michigan, but um, I was raised here in Nashville, so I claim Nashville nine out of ten times, um, and that's where I started my journey with music. Um, uh, currently, I'm at Universal Music Group. I'm an A&R director. Okay. And um, I've been in the industry all my life. Um, and one thing I do is, is just take all this experience I have working at major labels and use that knowledge to help the independent artists right. move up. And because um, a lot of people are like, well, how are you able to do this? And I was like, well, I got the experience. Mm. I see it at a high level. And to try to uh, translate that to what I see and what I've learned to the independent scene, and then it's up to the the artist to formulate what I see and give them into their own to create, and then you structure the process to it. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind <laughs> of you made it sound so easy, like constructed and bringing together, right? Because right? yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. You you know what you're talking about, yeah. But when did you fall in love with music and and hip hop made like, hey man, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life? Um, man, naturally gifted. I'm a drummer, and uh, my dad was a bass player. Uh, rest of soul, he passed in 2020. Okay. Uh, my dad was a bass player on Soul Train back in the day when they actually had musicians. Wow. Yeah, and my uncle Tony uh, is a bass player as well, and he, um, my uncle Tony was probably more known for. Um, Y'all remember Manny Fresh? Like all them bass lines y'all heard in the yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Funky Fangles and all that. Yeah. That's, that's my Uncle Tony and a lot of that cash money stuff back Okay. In the early man, yeah, year. they had a whole lot of bass. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. So um, so it just traveled to me, and um, and I really fell in love with it. I was doing a studio session 
as a youngin, and I would see the guys in the suits walking in and kind of maneuvering everything, the session, to make sure the artists got in there. And I would ask them, like, who, who is that? And they told me who they were. And I said, man, I got to work for a record label one day. I didn't really understand it, but I said, that's what I got to do, and that's what I wanted to do. So, um, so that's what bit me, I guess, back then was to um, be someone that just shook and move and mu- music. Because they didn't know who those people were. They didn't know them by name, but they knew what they did mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So I've always been looked at to do like, well, we know who he is, but we don't know what he does. Right, right, so, right. Yeah, so that's what it bit me as a kid. So mm. It's crazy that you say that because you, like, you played the bass. You, you, you played the drums like you played that sit. You played the bass guitar. As as crazy as like you said that, because that's like the basis of every song, right? right? Like the bass, the bass line is where you start, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, back then, um, and and that's that's what made me different back years ago when I did start to figure out the independent scene and watch all these guys was that I knew the recording side, but I knew the business side too. Mm-hmm. So I was able to add that piece of the. It made me different. I think. Uh huh. And um, so, yeah, so after I got a little bit older, I started maneuvering around, going to shows and stuff like that. And um, I happened to run across this guy named Eric McAnally. I don't know if y'all know Eric. Yeah, it's about Southside Hustler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you remember the, you remember the song Southside Hustle? The white dude sent him on the uh, five point oh. Oh, it was uh, the I remember the is this it the pictures? It was Alexis. I knew yeah, it was, okay, it was white. Okay, no. okay, remember okay, the, okay. The, the okay, bass okay. was serious. We talked about it a couple of um, podcasts ago about it. Yeah. Yeah. E-Mac, okay. Yeah. As they call him, Emac was. Um, you know, I I always would go places and I'll see the white dude with the ponytail running through the crowd, going up to DJ Booth and just everywhere. Hey man, it took me back to the studio sessions. Like that's that's another form of those dudes back then in, in that time. And so, um, so I had to bump into Eric at a grocery store after I seen him maneuver, you know, limelight and all these places, all these big shows, and bumped into him at a grocery store and told him, you know, what I was trying to do. He was like, Hey, just here's my number, call me, let's link up. And so that's what I did. I hopped into Lexus and we hit some shows, and I was like, Oh yeah, I got to do this right here. And so that's when. I got out on the independent scene, uh, and I was probably, I was probably nineteen or so at the, t- at the I time. I was just from that year old. Yeah, man. I had to be nineteen, and I was already at MTSU um, at the time, but I didn't really know what I was going on. So that's how. What I, year are we talking about? Um, ninety nine. Okay. 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 Yeah. yeah. So this was ninety nine, and so uh, I started moving with him, and that's how I started learning about these independent artists. And while I was at MTSU, there was a guy that um, stayed in my dorm, and he was from Memphis. He's like, bro, you need to come down to this studio session down here with me and, you know, and just kind of network in Memphis. I was like, cool, I ain't doing nothing. It's fall break. Yeah. And so I uh, went down there, man, walked into the session, man. It was probably 60, 70 people in this studio, man. And long story short, it was actually 3-6 Mafia. It was, all them was there, like, you know, back then it was – it was like the Wu Tang Clan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were you being flying down here. Yeah, yeah. 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 we've been on that for some years, but yeah. 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 And so, um, you know, I remember meeting all of them and, um, and just going down there, and he's like, well, you know, they got this going on. And so I said, any y'all did y'all paperwork and y'all publishing anything like that? And they was like, what? Publishing? You know, we heard it, but we don't know what that is. So I said, I got y'all. Uh, went and Got some paper and just wrote all of them information down and went back and long story short, just got them registered. Right. right over them. And then when I got back to 
Murfreesboro, and I had already been moving around with Eric. And then I'm like, man, I wonder how many of these guys in Nashville need the same help. Yeah, I need the paperwork. Yeah. yeah. So they just got songs, no paperwork, and nothing behind. Songs on the radio and everything at that time. So anybody could have just bought the rights to the song. Well, not about the rights to They had to come to them at least first. They wasn't getting no bread from it because yeah, there was nobody to send it to. And so, uh, since it's not registered. So, um, so I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's people back in Nashville ain't got that. And sure enough, when I got back out there with Eric, I started meeting more people. I'm like, oh, man. So, that's how I kind of fell into it and just started helping people and maneuvering around. That's why nobody knew what I did, but they knew of who I was. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Something that somebody you need on your team. Basically. You make something happen, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. You see the same face. You start to be like, man, who's <laughs> yeah. dude? Yeah. So I was that little dude. Like, man, who's little dude running around? At? That's that was me. You know. So yeah, that's where I got hungry, and I'm like, oh man, I need to help whoever I can help here in Nashville to get to these points. Cause you know, being around here, I got to see Haystack and all these people. You know, at that point, you know, ninety nine, two thousand, they were moving. A lot of different forms, so, right? Um, so I don't mean to cut you off. You know, so you been in Antioch and everything. Did you see the uh, the start for Jelly Roll? So <laughs> it's funny you say that. Um, and we being transparent here, I'm always gonna be a straight shooter. Yeah, but, got to. So I was in. I was locked up when I met Jelly Roll. Mm. I was locked up and um, juvenile. No. Oh, okay. We was off hard. <laughs> yeah, everybody know what that yeah, is. Yeah, we fast forward, and you just yeah. fast forward to me, obviously. But um, so I was in one of the pods, and uh, one of the, I don't know, was he a commander or what his title was, lieutenant? But he also did music. Him and his wife had a studio, and I could see his face. I can't remember his name, but he came in a pod uh, because at the time, Lil Murder was in there. Mm. And Lil Murder knew what I did. And so Lil Murder would come up rap to me, and anybody rap, they would always come up, and we, we would just talk like we're doing now about music. And um, so they came in there and said, man, look, there's this white boy over in this pod that you need to hear. And I was like, okay, that's what's up. And so one day they jacked me out of the pod and took me to the other pod. And sure enough, I walked in there, and there was this white dude circled up around Everybody that I had already met in these pies that was rapping. Right. And I mean, that dude was just sitting slaughter and I'm like, dang, this is crazy. And so I that was my first time meeting him. And then at that point, I think I ended up getting out months later and um they were doing the um who was that club on Nose Road, um, back in the day. Uh, is it Wall Road? Nose Road. Right oh, there by the interstate. On the, not the Palladium, wasn't it? Right over there by the liquor store? On the corner where uh, nah, Princess nah, is now? Nah, Nolensville Road. On down. Uh, on down. Uh, by the Walmart was, and the Princess yeah, now? Yeah, Across yeah. over in the back La Paz, wasn't it? Nah. Nah, no. he talking about uh, nah, this is Outer Limits. Man. Outer Limits. Yeah, Outer Limits. Yeah, ah, y'all done went so, too far. Yeah, yeah, so, Jelly yeah. Roll was hosting uh, Outer Limits at that point. They were doing battles. And he was like, I, I want to say, being that he won so many battles, he got to host it. And so he would host the other battles. Mm. And I started running around with this guy named Nino Black that was in the streets battling everybody. And um, uh, that was the second time I met Jelly Roll when we were running the streets with Nino. And, man, um, um, <laughs> Nino was after Jelly Roll, like, hey, look, he the best. I'm the best, so I'm going to go after them. And so we would go to these events and uh, one – do they even do that stuff anymore? No, they don't do that, man. That, right. that, that battling has gotten big, but 
Locally, I, I don't think nobody does it besides, um, um, what's my guy? Man, he going to kill me. I can't remember his name. Bars. Bars, okay. Bars Major is doing yeah. the the battling, and uh, you know he from Harden Place or whatever too. So I don't, he wasn't moving around at that time, I don't think. But um, I didn't mean him to after. But anyway, so man, long story short, went in there, and Nino ended up popping up on stage. He wasn't even on the battle list, but he won the Jello so bad. He got up there, and they spitting on each other and going back and forth. And me and Nino ended up running out the club because <laughs> they ran after us trying to hop on us for messing with Jello Rose. Yeah, so man, that's 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 my. But I didn't get to see him early so much. It was more haystack them time and, oh, and yeah, doing yeah. all that. That's when they had a car full of white boys was out. Yeah, a car full of white boys, <laughs> and uh, there was another group. Rude <laughs> yeah, that was the album. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just listen back yeah. down, man. You see yeah. what I'm saying? That's, hey, man, it's, it's, it's different, man. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Right now, man, they go crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing back then, and right. then there was another group called Rude Awakening. Uh-huh. Uh, that was out too, and um, I'm still friends with them as well. So I got to see that side of what they were going through. I didn't so much get to be attached to Pistol and Quine and all them because of Eric. Just you know, when he just just took me on, right? And so I got to move in that space uh, a little early. Man, that's what then. I'm talking about, bro. Got one up. Look good. Uh, so what made you like? Uh, I guess you've seen a lot. What made you switch it to the mental part of it? You've seen. Yeah. The mistakes that people made, so that kind of mm-hmm. moved you to the to the realm you're in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with the mental thing, it's tough. And uh, with me working in the industry, uh, Universal was my second major level. I started at Sony, and uh, which I worked in distribution. And um, and you start to being around these artists and knowing what they have to go through in their situation, and even independently, you know, or just people in general, we all deal with like like we have to sacrifice something, right, to get to what we're trying to do. And with the artists, they had the biggest sacrifice. You know, first off, they're at the bottom of the totem pole as far as money when that goes, the payouts. So with me working at the label, it's like I get paid before they even get paid. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. And so, um, so it's just it's always been a thing. And as an artist, they have to be special anyways. Right. To do what uh-huh. they do. To obviously get on this record and speak on what they've been through or tell their story. And there's got to be a disconnect from that person once the music is out because people are going to gravitate towards what they hear. Uh-huh. And, you know, either that's a real story or it's something that they've seen. But they want to know. Exactly. Yeah. And, right. and a lot of us don't know how that goes. And so... Um, Paper so, was talking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So man, shout out to my guy Paper Man. Uh, yeah, you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's tough because you know I wish I was I knew this back then to be able to help a lot of artists that was there. I was uh-huh. in the okay, space yeah. back then to really help them because man, we had some boys here, man. Oh, really, yeah. man, really I was gonna ask you who you boys. thought they could have like if they knew sooner. Like you know, like, we always go back and be like, man, if we if we knew yeah. now what we knew then. Yeah. Right. yeah, I mean, we got a lot of them, man, that could have really done something. But it's 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 the biggest part of this is not knowing the business, It's not knowing how to connect the dots. Like a lot of us can put out the music, or a lot of them can put out the music. That's easy, mm. but that was the hard part back then because you had to figure out how to 
put the CDs together and do this and do that. And then I was to figure out where to pass out the CDs because everybody was going out the trunk back then. Right. But um, as far as the business-wise, nobody really understood it. And a lot of artists don't want to understand that anyways because they want somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the problem happens because they don't want to know it. And so you, you're leaning on somebody else to handle all that business. And so I think a uh, lot of yeah. them... See him? We talk about it all the time. For real. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm sorry, Jay, but yeah, we nah, do, yeah, you saying something, man. This is you saying know, something right there, bro. I swear, any barbershop I go in, bro, we always had these conversations, man. It's crazy. I always get called up to the barbershop to talk about things like this because people really be understanding it, but it's us on the outside mm-hmm. that see it and are able to connect. But with an artist, it's, they're in the midst of this, so they're not going to see what we see. Yeah, because we're not. Uh, there, their judgment is a little cloudy because they're moving their book for shows. They're recording. Yeah, they, 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 they got something else on their mind. Their phone anyway. ticking. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And they move how they moving. And so, um, you know, so yeah, we had some boys that could have really done some things. And I wish, you know, um, and I know the majority of them been around a lot of them, but I wish, you know, there could have been somebody to help them. And there probably was somebody around. They just didn't want to listen to them. I don't uh, know. Yeah, possible. Mm, there's a lot of there's a lot of that too. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, Nobody yeah. can't tell me nothing. I got this mentality. Exactly, because everybody's a manager or you know whoever they are, and I know a lot of these people. And I'm like, hey, you managing him? <laughs> we like, okay. And so now I'm watching. I say, oh yeah, well they don't really know, but they trust this person, right? And they're loyal to him, and they're loyal to a fault to where it's hurting them, and they don't even see it because of the loyalty. Mm. That and that sucks. Yeah, you know. So, uh, but yeah, we done have some boys that could have really. So you're saying the lo- you know the loyalty can really be a downfall with it too in the, Man, in the industry. Man, and I, I swear I hate that I was loyalty telling somebody wrong people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, um, I'm not gonna say her name. That's one thing I want. I want. I want. I want names. <laughs> we know it's a she. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a she. And you know she's got the platform, but you know I've had conversations with her, and she's so loyal to these guys. But uh, I went and did we did went and did some paperwork for her for her split that she did with an artist that my business partner was kind of moving around with, and I got into her publishing and realized her name was no nothing, mm. <laughs> and man that pissed me off. And here I am, I'm trying to talk to her, say, hey look, it's, everything's not adding up. Like you loyal to them, but they're not loyal to you, right? And in theory. Mm-hmm. And in the real scheme of things, you know, uh, and so I'm starting to see a lot of that where people are, are just being loyal to the wrong people, but they don't even see it because they're, the loyalty just um, makes the judgment cloudy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awful, man. Yeah, it's it's the worst place to be in. And so I want to be able to stop that. And I think she knows that I can, but it's going to cause friction between the guys that she's dealing with. And they put on a couple people, well, not put on, but they've got a couple people Little buzz, and so that's that piece too. She's like, Well, if I stick to them, I can be like so and so, right? And maneuver, but you know, the bad is I want to call out names and that aspect, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We ain't messing on yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, we try to stay out of the mess, yeah, 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 because that'll affect y'all and myself, but we let that for chance. We can name yeah. drop in, in other forms, yeah, right? Me, I don't party. even know them, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because she's got. You know, significant following online, and it's like you don't even need them. All you need is to get yourself structured and use your look and lose. Uh, she got a 
I, I forgot what projects it is, but she came from these projects. I know we shot the video with the person that um, that I I end up having to do the paperwork for on, do the splits, do the split sheet on with her, and uh, and I just sat around watching all these kids run up to her, and I was like, oh, this is love. Like yeah. you really can really do this on your own if you really understood how to do it instead of being so loyal to these guys. And so, uh, but yeah, that's I see a lot of that going on too. Wow, man, I'm. Mm. What made you uh, start the Six Square Academy? So in um, 2018, um, me and my partner, um, I don't know if y'all know, y'all, my guy Yella, uh, shout out to Yella. Uh, Yella works for Atlantic Music Group here in town too. He's from Nashville. And we started Six Square Company. And Six Square Company was our bridge from my label and Atlantic to Nashville. That's one thing that hadn't been done here was bridging the record labels to the community. Mm-hmm. And that's it's like that in other markets, but it's not like that here in Nashville. So we took it upon ourselves to create a company, and we were able to do a couple showcases and get a, a couple artist deals with Empire. And that's that, a distribution company, right? Yeah, Empire is probably one of the biggest distribution companies in the world right now. Um, I know Lido. He uh, goes to Empire, and it's a lot of people. Two chains. Yeah, I know Dolph. Dolph. So yeah, yeah. So well, like Empire is the distributor, so that's who like just distributes the music, right? Yeah, they don't actually like. um, They don't have this is record label, then it's distribution, right? Well, some people call them record. Oh, they're the same thing. Okay, but uh, it depends on how the deal is set up, which makes them because the record label just means they're investing. Distribution means they're placing the the music. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what, and I don't know, but I'm pretty sure probably now with with their roster, they probably are investing to a lot of the artists. So, um, so yeah, so we was able to get them deals with Empire, and they had managers and people like that around them. And after they signed their deal on uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. uh, they struggled, them and their teams, and they disconnected from me and Yella. And when they got back to the Nashville, when their situation didn't pop, it, they, they, you know, it, it changed them. Okay. And I seen it, and I told him, and I said, man, I said, I feel like we just, we did it wrong. We should have educated them and then got them to Empire. That way they could, you know, do whatever's going to happen. And so that right there, I said, well, how can I do this? And at Universal, we use the company in Franklin uh, for mental health, and we would go out there probably four times a year. And a lady approached me in 2019. She said, Jay, you need to do something for us in Nashville. Nah, I don't know if I don't mental health or whatever. And so when 2020 hit, pandemic hit, my phone started ringing and the local artists started calling. And I'm listening to them and everybody's like, like what do we do? <laughs> I said, yeah. I don't know. Why y'all calling me? And I had to sit and think about it. And I remember what the lady said. And I said, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. They can't be out in front of the crowd. So... They're disconnected. They're not getting that energy and that vibe, and it was messing oh. with them. And so um, I was like, uh-oh. I said, this is exactly what that lady told me a year ago. And so I just got on the phone and started talking to them. Hey, do this, do that, do this. All of them calling me. I can name them. All y'all know who I'm talking about. And um, after one of the artists, he ended up getting a YouTube Red distribution deal uh, I believe, and uh, well, not distribution. I'm getting a YouTube Red deal, uh, doing a couple of films, stuff like that. And he called and thanked me, 
was like, and I didn't realize what I did because I do it all the time, talk to artists. Right. And at that point, I knew it. I said, I got to do this. And I just didn't know how to put together. And so I had reached out to social workers and <laughs> all these people and didn't know how to really manage it because that's not what I do. I don't have a degree in psychology or anything. And so I ended up talking to my guy, Cleveland DeBose. And Cleveland said, hey, look, my wife is a psychologist and a wellness coach. So she's been wanting to get into the industry for years, but we never had the door. So, man, I talked to her and... I didn't have to say a word in that conversation. She already knew what I needed. And so at that point, she coached me. And I had to just add that into me teaching the business side. And I said, okay, well, that makes sense. And so once I it connected with myself, I immediately started getting out, getting on Instagram, hopping in any showcases. I don't yeah. care if it was in a hole in the wall. Anywhere there was an artist, I was in there by myself, <laughs> running up in there and you know, speaking, like going to pro, hey, can I, I just need 10 minutes, let me talk to him. All right, cool. And after that, it just started rolling. And so now at this point, when I connect those dots, I have almost 50 people in the academy now. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Got a hair club for that, yeah, yeah. man. You said so, since 2019. Yeah, so um, I started in the 20, in the 2020. Okay. Really started. So they had the pan- uh, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So in 2020, when they started kind of opening up doors and people were doing things, I started running up in them showcases left and right and just getting in their face. Well, they want to hear it tonight. I'm like, look, you need me to help you? Come on, me. Let's let's lock in. And so uh, 2021, beginning, I opened my website, got that up and running, and started doing books from there and just kind of spreading. I'm still kind of leveling out now. I hadn't really done any advertising or anything, and it's just me on the ground and, and word passing between the yeah, artists. Right. And somebody's here to help me. I don't know what I'm doing. And so now I'm here. I'm in the midst of it, and it's it's been good, man. Man, who the hell you talk to? Because if you talking to 50 different people, man, folks crazy as hell, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you, who well, you so, talk to? So here's the thing about those 50. All of them... So this is what happens. And this is why I added the mental side, the mental health side to it. Nine out of the ten, when you talk to an artist and you figure out what they got going on, nine out of the ten is the baby mama. It's the it's no support, it's no money. That's why they're struggling. So it's pretty much the same story. It's just how they're gonna get through it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, most of the times when we're having conversation, it's not the music business, it's them as it's, people. Yeah. And what I say now is and almost now you got to separate like you got to have a, two different people. You're two different people. Yeah. So that's why in the academy. For the, for the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in the academy, I call them by the government. I don't call them by they say the artist name. Yeah. And that makes a difference. So when they come to me, they're hearing their government name. And we're talking about, you know, what you got going on personally. And because um, the majority of artists I've seen that this fallen in, in Nashville, it's just been them as people. It had nothing to do with nothing on stage. Studio, finance, or anything is them. And as I started having these conversations, and I'm like, dang, I'm talking to myself at the same time. Because mm-hmm. we all battle with this. Yeah, that's right. right. That's yeah. I'm gonna say, that's, all, that's, a, right. that's a problem for everybody. Everybody. Man. Exactly. That's, that's almost everybody's problem, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. And so out of those 50 people, uh, you know, everybody's dealing with it, including myself. It's know? just a struggle, I guess. Yeah, you yeah. And so I always relate to them on that level. And that now I have the trust 
because I've related. I know your situation. I know what you're dealing with. I can hear uh-huh. your kids screaming in the background in our meetings. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I can hear baby mama, you know, yapping yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so now I'm like, dang. I said, man. I said, I dealt with the same thing. Uh, I remember I used to date a girl that went to Belmont, and she looked up to me because I was a little older than her. And I was at Belmont like every week. People thought I went to Belmont. I was there so much. And one day she killed me. She said, Jace, how do you deal with all these people, but you can't keep your cell phone on? Mm. And I was crushed. Red bone with dimples. I mean, just the cutest <laughs> thing. And I'm pretty sure she's going to see this because she was a publicist for a long time. And she mm. worked in the music business as well. She got out of it. And that right there changed my mentality because what it was, I felt like I was that dude and I didn't have to work. Right. And I said, no, I said, you're right, because for two or three months, so four months out of the year, they would, my uh, artist I work with had to call her. <laughs> and that's what she got tired of. Right. And so she would be in class or whatever, and they couldn't get a hold of me at that point. And I said, you know what? I got to go ahead and just give myself a position where I don't have to work and I can keep up with these people. But once I start working, I realized that it's helped structure me and help me structure artists that I was dealing with because there's a chain of command. And so, so yeah, so that was an for me personally. And I shared it a lot of times in the academy because I don't want them sitting there looking at me like I know it all. Like, I'm I'm straight. Right. You no, know, I've been through the same thing. I've been, I've slept on friends' couches for years while I was out here hustling and have four or five artists that uh, I'm working with. And so I'm relatable to a lot of them. Like, a lot of them look at me like, man, you been to jail? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not excluded. I'm a person. And I just don't look like what I did back then right. to you all. Mm-hmm. That's because I elevated and I, and I figured out a path that worked for myself. So um, so that's my <laughs> long story of about how I got to the mental health piece of it. And so, uh, so I'm here to help that because I figure more artists need help on that level than they need to write, record, and all that. Right. That's yeah. what I'm talking about, man. Yes, sir. Man, this is episode 87, Music and Mental Health with my homie, CEO of Six Square Academy, man, Jay Lawrence. This show is sponsored by Buy Your Go Drinks, man, to break the uh, the greatest thing I ever drunk, man. It's like, <clears throat> it's real crisp, it's healthy, you know what I'm saying? Got turmeric in it, man, some uh, raw honey, the whole nine yards, man, no sugar, purified water. Good for your soul, man. Go to BioDrinks.com and get that, man. Holla at Skeet Roberts. What up, Skeet? Let's have some fun, man. You know, uh, we was talking about in the inbox and everything. What you feel about um, Killer Mike doing a sweep in the Grammys man. at his age? Yeah, that's that's love, man. Because I think, um, I know what went viral in that piece was uh, Kasanat, the guy from YouTube. Right, right, right. Him saying he didn't know who he was. And so... Um, Somebody had messaged in my Six Square Academy box about that. And I was like, bro, I said, man, a lot of these people in the Academy are young. They don't know who Killer Mike is. And then I shot him the case and I dropped that he did that he didn't know. He was like, wow, that's crazy. I said, yeah, it is. But I think it's cool because now they're going to go back and see yeah. what Killer Mike work. is. Yeah. Exactly. And see who they're going to hear a whole lot of Never stuff. Like, man, right. man, I got a whole full thing. Yeah, man. Call that so, bitch Benita. Come right. on, man. You know what I'm saying? Just, mm-hmm. 
Because uh, Mike been tough. Right, he been tough, man. So he, right. Yeah, he, I think it was uh, best rap album, best rap performance, and uh, best rap song. Yeah, uh, album was dope, man. I, and, and, and that's what I felt, Jay. You know what I mean? Because y'all was like, when I heard it last year, it was like a breath of fresh air. It's like, you been hearing the same thing to somebody come in and clip your legs. You're like, oh, man, finally. Mm-hmm. I have one I can, with some substance to it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I'm not the biggest Killer Mike fan, but I did get on the album. Man, they were, I'm glad I did because I kept seeing so many people talking about it. And, uh, man, I mean, that album was put together in detail, and it was perfect because he had a good balance of, you know, X, Y, Z, a lot of different things. And so, uh, so, yeah, so I think that opened the door for him to, to for the younger generation to tap into him and, you know, case and I to say what he said, it just opened up the doors. Right. Because he said, y'all nigga appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you laughing at him, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He said, I love to go on your show. You streaming and everything live. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we need that connect yeah. you know, as far as that bridge, that gap, you know what I'm really, saying? Really do. So how do you feel about older rappers still rapping? That's a great question, man. I've been able to talk about that one time in the podcast, and I love it, man, because I tell a lot of these cats, uh, I don't know if y'all know B. Howard and Stan and uh, Petty and all these rappers, like, y'all keep going, and I'm the one that encouraged them to keep pushing out music because I've already built a platform. Why give it up? Just because you married now or got kids or... Still an artist. Yeah, you're not working, but y'all have a gift that was given. Uh, mm-hmm. People are glued to it, gift, so yeah. right. keep it going. Because what happens is um, um, you develop a platform, and um, that platform can take you anywhere. Music is not the only thing to do out here. Right. <laughs> right. That's right. So then, too, do you, do you work with not just... Not just uh, uh, just our entertainers, like or just just people dealing with music. Let me tell you that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna put that to the side. But okay. yes, it, it is. That's if y'all notice, I said I have 50 people in the cabinet, yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. artists. Right. So this is stretched further than just your typical artist. So, uh, but I want to talk about the older artists. Like y'all keep going and. Y'all developed a platform. Some of y'all have kids that have developed those traits. So why not mm-hmm. keep your platform going and introduce those kids? Mm. To what you got going on. To what you got going on, but introduce your kids to that platform. Right. Okay, okay. Because 9 out of 10, your daughter, your son's got a personality too because uh-huh. it comes from you. Yeah. Now you can. Just like they push me in all, basketball, football, right. the same way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I look at my nephew. He's about to be 30. I am the nephew. They still listen to the music, the UGKs, the dip sets, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. So they yeah, understand, and they got a mixture of uh, their culture and ours, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's, exactly. like, it's a great balance. Like, mix them, like, drop them on your socials, and, and you know, if you're going to give it up, at least pass that platform to them, mm. and that way they can benefit, and they already got a platform going, because you can transfer those Instagram pages. You can do all that, the right. TikToks that you built up with your music. But, uh, but yeah, so I always tell them, just keep going. You just never know where you're going to land. And because music, like I said, it's not the only thing. It's movies, commercials, and Man. all that. And so why well, give a platform where somebody can see you just because you hit that button and put up a post on uh, on social media and somebody might say, hey, he might fit this scene in my movie. Boom, now you transitioned. Right. So don't give it up. Keep putting out music. I tell a lot of older artists, a lot of the lyrical like, keep it going, because you never know when that time is going to turn back around for music again. And the Killer Mike situation with him getting on Grammys could be another change point, because it probably happens once a year 
or maybe twice when a dope artist, a lyrical artist come out and the lyrical artists are able to benefit from streaming because of they're connected to that space, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not just the club music and all that. So right. I, t- I tell them to keep going. Don't get frustrated. And yeah, you can't talk about the same thing you talked about when you was younger. Right. Not in the streets. You're not mm. moving around like that no more. You're at home with the kids. You're working probably. and But there's still a story to tell uh, because that gift is still there. It has, it's not going to leave. Yeah, keep yeah. shopping that sword. Yeah, Thanks, so I tell any of ours, keep going, man. All y'all, just keep keep pushing. You just never know where that platform you built. And all these people that have followed you over this, you never know where you're going to land. And, you know, look at T.I. Mm. Who would have thought 10, 15 years ago he was going to be a comedian? Yeah, but they it are. makes sense because <laughs> it's personality. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. an actor. You know, what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, exactly. Yeah, who you know? So that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't stop. None of these artists are stopping. They just keep going. And so back to what uh, you was asking. Um, yeah, I have I have a lot of people in the academy now. Uh, I focus on the artist, but now I have indie record labels. I have managers. I have producers. I have engineers. I even got a porn star too in the academy. Mm. <laughs> oh, you got a little bit of everybody in that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Think about it. So with the porn star, we'll, that's usually always the great conversation because they've developed a platform. Why not them sign an artist that's local? Mm. Who's got the money? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Who's got yeah. the platform? Right. Yeah. How many promoters you think she knows or he knows? Now you got a position where you can put an artist there. But, but, that porn star has never been in that position. So now they meet with me, I can structure all that. Yeah, you put yeah. it all together. Put like it all song. together. You started with the drum, now you done put the flutes and everything to it. Exactly. You made so a whole you, band you from top to bottom with the, with the music. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Man, let me ask man, you know who we forgot when we be talking about Nashville rap, man? What we talking about? Since the weed head. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yes. Yeah. We we do. Sis had that flow, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, he was a producer too, right? Yeah, he did a lot of yeah, little stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do remember because I feel like that first album was a classic. To yeah, me, on the street because we were bumping that. We see Sis all the time. Yeah, you know what yeah, Sis was coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, how we forget about Sis, man? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many of them that were moving. In. You know, we had serving the world, clicking all them back. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Everybody, yeah. that's every show. Everybody talking about serving the world. Yeah, click. yeah, like like people like that, like you know. And so happens, I bump into some of them because their kids are rapping. And so mm. some of their kids are in the academy, and uh, and I get to talking to them, and they say, "Yeah, my mama rapping. Like, Who's your mama?" And they say, "Ah, oh, man, she." Yeah, yeah, that's so, crazy, man. I know yeah. your mama. That's yeah. crazy. Exactly. It's like in the rap games. That's crazy. Yeah, so now I'm seeing that piece of it as well. Um, you know, with the with the local scene, and because obviously, even though the academy spreads to Texas and Georgia and California with people that I meet with, but mm. my goal is to get Nashville in a position, and that's one of my biggest um, strengths. Is is trying to educate them so we can get in a position where we can make some noise. Mm-hmm. You know, we're on pause right now because of Memphis. See, that's, yeah. I was about to ask you that. I was on, on, on pause. Yeah, I was on the uh, on mm. the next question. I he said we're on pause. For we're real, pause. man. man why why is that, man? Memphis is going Crazy. bananas. Yeah, and I love it, but I hate it at the same time. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, here we are, Music City. Yeah, I mean, man, Music City for we real. We got to watch Memphis. Go you know, stupid. Go crazy. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you my theory on it. Now, I spoke about this in another pod in some meetings. I said I don't like the name drop, but 
the obvious person down there knew 90% business, 10% talent. And he had to get a group of people to believe in that 90% business. We knew the yeah. talent. Talent is everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's just by it's highest place. place. So they believed, a group of people believed in that person, and he pitched him an idea, and it worked. That's all it was. That's all it was. And the rest has been history. The rest is history. So we're here in Nashville. We don't have nobody in that position with the 90%. Uh, For real? You want to have it? All this money flowing around here, all this tourist money, ain't nobody got that. You know, so I didn't see oh, money. I said the 90% of the business. Bit, okay, I'm sorry. Now, money is the, yeah, the business. Money's part mixed of, in that 90%, right. but it's the business, business part, of, part it, of it. To somebody that really understands. So that person in Memphis, y'all know who he is, knew the business because of his relationships. He took advantage of those relationships. And so all he had to do was find a group of people and sign a group of people that believed. In his ninety percent vision, well, he yeah. knew exactly. Yeah, he got to okay. find. He structured it, and they just follow suit, and they roll. We on pause. Oh my, we on pause. Man, I heard you talk on another podcast about like the BMI. Is that what? It is? And, and something else. So, yeah. what exactly like is that? Because you, you said somebody getting registered to put in your music. So once you do your music, they got to have. Right. They got to know. Yeah. So. Um, that's your performing rights organization, or we use the term uh, PRO, and it's BMI, it's ASCAP, and mm. it's CSAC. Uh, ASCAP is the smaller of the two. They're more uh, boutique-like, and so they cater to a lot of artists. I have a few artists that I work in the past that were signed to CSAC, and I'm an ASCAP writer, and the majority of people register with BMI for some reason, but BMI is the bigger of the two. And... Um, I'm so what exactly do they do? Just yeah. keep record of everything. Exactly. So, um, so let's say, and I'll tell you how I talk to the artist okay. in the academy. What I say is, uh, I asked them. I said, "Well, how do you know if your song right now is spinning in Africa? Just throw something out, or North or Asia?" And they go, "Well, I'm looking at my data on my distribution, which would be their um, uh, whatever platforms they use for distribution." Right. And I was like, no. I said, that's just streaming data, but it's not telling you if a radio station or anybody got a hold of your music mm. because you just threw it on SoundCloud and you didn't register the music. So ask him BMI track that. I got you. They they oversee those spaces that your streaming can't pinpoint. So okay. if somebody wanted to play that record on the radio and it's, and it's, and one of them got it, they would have to... Okay, alert them or go through them to play. When they when they register it, and they're spinning, let's say if they're going crazy in South Africa somewhere, well, and it's registered, BMI grab all that, boom. I got you. Now, guess what comes in that mailbox quarterly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of people got records out there. They don't have this piece. Does this does this piece of the business cost a lot of money or something? Man, it is free as they come. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it don't cost nothing, but they're not educated to learn those pieces of, and that's just one one uh, one Listen, one piece of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah they're yeah, not yeah, educated yeah. on, but everybody does it because somebody, engineer or producer, told them while they was in the studio, make sure you register this, and you know, and this is what I'm hearing through the academy. I knew it in my mind, but for yeah. me to hear it face to face now, it tells me that golly, like we well, can't even get nothing going uh, because. Um, so I'll tell you this: so at Universal. When our my team's busy duties is to track or not track, but to find unpaid royalties. 
Yeah. And one in my portfolio alone is one point five million. Mm. And that's just one part of Universal. That's not including Sony, Atlantic. Every every label has this pile of money. And so what we do is we have a spreadsheet of this one point five when we split out through my team and we basically call the call whatever contact we have and say, Hey, there's you know, there's this check sitting here, we trying to figure out who to send it to. And it's so much money. Uh, even Wendy Day speaks about this too. Just so much unpaid royalty just sitting in a, a batch. That's and correct. we're trying to figure out who to get this money to. And so what I tell the artists, what happens is since you don't register your songs, you just throw them on SoundCloud, throwing them on Apple Music. Shit might be money out there that you don't know. Because anybody can grab that music from SoundCloud and do what they do over there in Asia or whatever, and it's not being covered at the end of the day. So, th- so that's just one piece of it where the education has to start at. Is is it more fear? Because, you know, people get scared to get the number, like, do this and do that. Like, you know, Mm-mm. they love doing the music and, oh, and being in the studio. I wish it was just that, but it's not that. It's not, they're, they're not being told. Mm. You know, they're not being told of how to utilize BMI, how to utilize ASCAP. They do a lot more. Uh, once you get in motion, you start doing shows, they'll send you a check for some shows. Okay. I had one one artist that I've been trying to get in the academy, and he said, uh, you know, I don't have time to do all that. And I'm like, are you getting paid shows? He's like, no, not really, but I'm getting a lot of shows. I said, yeah, that's why I'm talking to you, because, I mean, this guy's doing five or six shows a week. I don't even see people doing that, whether they had a hole in the walls or decent spots. And I'm like, man, if you add that in there and register, you know, they're going to support that. And... Uh, put that information in, and it's a lot of it's a lot of pieces to it. So it's things like that where uh, our artists aren't educated enough because those people are, are real. They'll help you, and you know what people I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They ain't gotta, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, them people, they may not know our music so much on the business end, but they know people that know our music and know how to put it in place, and that's where you have to utilize those resources because they can put your movie, your music in. Film and TV and commercials, and yeah, all yeah that. do scores yeah. and all that old stuff. All that. Yeah. And they they're a piece of that, you know. And so that's usually your first step. But um, you know, it's it's a lot more in detail than that. But that's just over the top. What I, you know, what I see. And so a lot of them, I send them down there. Go down there and just talk to them. I know nothing's gonna happen, but I want them to go down there, right? And just see. That's like Montel Jordan. I'm you thinking about it, saying you know moves and scores. He was doing the Uber Eats with the. Well, this is how he be eating off essence. We was kids. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about here. I said that's a whole nother chick. Yeah, whole nother chick. And see, even in that too, um, the sync world, and um, my friend Cleveland DeBose with Music Unlimited uh, gave me an opportunity to offer sync placements for artists in the academy. And when I started communicating about that, and nobody really responded, and I know they ain't have no sync place, so they don't really understand. So that gave me a chance to educate on a different level and really pull in some people and um it's 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 just so many more checks out there than just performing and recording. The smallest check you can get is the recording part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what everybody focuses on because oh, yeah. there's looking at the next person and what they're doing. And like I've always said, this is a monkey see, monkey do type of thing. Yeah. And, mm. and we gotta and see they don't know what the monkey they're looking at is doing right. Right. 
And that's where the problem happens. So yeah. that right there spans down to everybody. Yeah, they seen the monkey flip. They ain't look at it in practice. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that, damn. They don't, even know if it, they don't even know if the monkey's right. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do what he do. Yeah, I'm probably not fun. I, I got to be able to do what he yeah. can do. It. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I hate. And I asked them certain things. And I was like, oh, okay, well, they're watching so-and-so. So they're trying to mimic that in their own way. And that's why they get stuck. Like I said about the... The uh, the female that's uh disloyal to a fault, cause she's doing what she she just sees, but she can do so much more at the end of the day, and so that falls in line to all these artists. Right. So they putting the lid on themselves, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't even know it, and they're gonna run into a wall because what they see that monkey do, it didn't work for that monkey, <laughs> and then once that monkey crashed, they're they're frustrated at that point. Like, oh man, I looked up to so and so. You know, it's a lot of these guys looked up to Buck and Aquani and this whole yeah. list of people. Right. But, you know, those people went and did, their path was different. And, you know, I tell a lot of people this too when I'm thinking about it. Um, the biggest difference between Nashville and Atlanta, and we're just using Atlanta, there's a lot of other markets that's booming, but we'll say because it seems like the artists here want to grow up and say, man, I got to move to Atlanta. No. Uh, oh, no. It's, it's the yeah, world we is got bigger. some of the best studios and everything you can do right this here. This yeah. That too. But see, the thing is, um, the, the biggest difference between down there and down here, first off, it's a bigger monster. Um, you got to know how to maneuver down there. You just can't hop up and go down there. <laughs> I say it all the time. You're going you're gonna to end up back. And we've seen artists. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll move to Atlanta and it sounds good. I see you folks with regular jobs doing to come back. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You talking about the music. You jumping back in that mud like, exactly. man, they heavy down there. Yeah. I ain't going down there. Yeah. I told y'all down there. Exactly. I'm telling you. It's animals. It's a different world down there. Mm-hmm. But the thing down there is it's more realistic for them because they've seen their homeboys from across the street, down the street, around the corner, get on. And so they see that and it's more real. We're here still kind of like a dream because the people that came before us, they got in in their own pocket and they didn't really maneuver like typical artists. And so for here, it's still a dream of the artist and it's not realistic. So it makes a difference. And when you go to shows, a showcase down there and a showcase here is two different things. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Down there, you're going to go to showcase and see 20 dudes on stage, everybody with chains with all black on. They look like they've been signed for years. Right. When you come here, you got one dude on stage, maybe have a hype man, and he's just up there with his work lanyard on. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then he don't have no stage presence. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's yeah. up there looking, looking crazy. And so um, so that that's the biggest difference between here and there besides of, you know, the obvious things. Right. And so I try to stop or at least try to help artists understand that before they decide to make the move. Like, have a strategy if you're going to go down there. Mm. Have resources lined up. You just can't move in a spec. You're going to get down there because they already got 20 other artists probably bubbling right now. Yeah. Yeah. On the radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That we may have not heard here in Nashville, but they know them down there. Yeah, Yeah. they got four stations. Shit on one side of town. Man, come on. I I seen it. You know what I'm saying? I seen that. I was down there when they were about to get the grease and the skillet ready. So you're talking about 96. Yeah, exactly. I seen that thing go from here to, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I can dig what you're saying. But I think that's the difference because it's like, you know, I tell everybody Atlanta hip hop scene, man. Everybody was messing it with everybody, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and using their, you know, all their resources, and then they listen to everything Memphis, all the trappers and right. people I know, they bumping Memphis, everything, yeah, and then mm-hmm. they took that, flipped it, and put a little season on it, and 
look where we are now. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So. But people are so quick to say, every event I go to and talk to people, well, Nashville can't come together and work together. And I say, yeah, Nashville can't because everybody, everybody isn't, doesn't have the same path. And everybody is educated the same way. So if you have one guy over here that um, thinks, okay, well, this is supposed to work this way because I've seen my cousin do it. But this person over here actually seen somebody that can maneuver, but now they're bumping heads because yeah. you 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 see this, but I've seen this. Mm. And you can't decipher who's. It's not one person right. like you see just got everybody's attention to say, listen, man, this is what's best. Exactly. And they have to got the respect to get everybody to be like, no. you know what, do right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Too many egos. Yeah, you know, you know, and and that 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 sucks, but it has to be that one person, and to, to, for the change it has to be that one person that opens that door, and then that person should be able to come back and educate. And then these artists behind, they should be able to artistically yeah, they, figure out how to do their own path, but take that information to yeah. be able to move forward. And that's 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 what'll make a difference here. And I hope, and I pray to in this academy that. One of these 50 people that I've spoken to, if they get a door, I know so-and-so met me. They have the idea. They should know how to open up yeah, the door yeah, yeah. when they get a when they get that bag or get that uh, opportunity to do something. So. Yeah, they got yeah, the yeah. Yeah. And you, and then you can be that guy. Yeah. I yeah, got if I'm not, at least I yeah, know, least you know yeah. they were there and I can help their team make sure that door stays open. Yeah. Mm. And that's yeah. where, it's, that's why I said it's levels to all of this. Okay. We just need one. Yeah, that's it. That's all. And then they follow suit if the hating and you know, a lot of people don't like, you know, want to be the chief and not be an Indian. Yeah. You know, it's a lot, you know, a whole lot of chiefs no Indians. Yeah, that's where you gotta get that one guy to hold that respect for everybody. Right. They can sit down and say, Hey, See? listen, man. Yeah. You know, I seen this work. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know. Motherfuckers hard headed, man. It's, it's easier to say than done, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that ego, of, cause I think we talked about. It. I think um, I was talking to Austin about it. He shout out to you. He was like, "Man, talk to Jay. That's my mentor." So I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, shout out Austin." Yeah, yeah, he he was saying it all the time. Yeah. He's like, "Cause I get it. Cause you know, I got two artists I'm working with. Okay, got you. And you try to help him, like, hey, bro, you know, do this, man. You know, if we do a video, you should know if uh, two months in advance, you know." Get clean, you know, a haircut. I ain't saying you got to be Louis Vuitton uh, now, just be clean. Oh, my gosh, I have. The been, egos, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just That's that's the thing, like, I just don't get it. I go to showcases and, like I said, they you see a guy there. Yeah. He's got to look the part. You got to like look. You just, and I asked one guy that, at, uh, I think I was at a showcase, I was judging for, um, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, Jeffro. Mm-hmm. Jeffro did something up there at a Penobis a while back, mm-hmm. and... And I told one guy came out today. I was like, "Bro, you just you just get on playing PlayStation, didn't you? Off the couch." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, man." They ain't got- watch his face. Put no lotion on nothing. He goes, like, all kind of stuff. Hey, I'll be right, right back." <laughs> hey, man. He looked at me. <laughs> I'm about to do a show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he looked at me. He was like, "Yeah." He said, "I got on pause right now." I said, "What you playing?" Yeah, we oh, did. We didn't yeah, know that. We really. And he told me, and I was like, "Bro, come here." I said, man, what are you trying to do? And he's like, yeah, I'm trying to rap. And, you know, so I said, well, just come meet me. I'm going to help you figure these things out. And, you know, and that's the problem. Like, we got to have your look got to be tight. You got to be flawless whenever you go. You know, I speak to my guys. And I speak, I got a lot of females in the academy, too. So I speak to them about that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, dressing and being presentable. Just because you got your ass out don't mean it's going to make the music better. Right. Or vice versa. Mm. But it's about how you present yourself and how you handle business and you communicate with people. 
Uh, all that makes a difference in how you maneuver. But I need you to be the best looking artist in that building when you go do these shows. Um, on March 9th, um, um, uh, Cruz is doing his um, his showcase. Yeah, so, Control the Hill. Yeah, yeah we be in that thing with the judges, you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's one thing, you know, I want all of us to be looking at. Like, we got to make sure our artists look the part. Because if you go down to a landing showcase, just like, oh, yeah, about, they. You was got what, dancers and Exactly. Yeah. Like, there is. Honey said dancers. Man, hey, you got yeah. a showcase? Dude, there's not. They trying to get on. Bro. Yeah, you know they trying saying? to get like, on. They they understand because they've seen somebody else do it in yeah, their face. Yeah, and yeah, now they yeah. able to look at that person on TV or whoever they see them. Right. And um, when we started Six Square Company in 2018, and we did our first showcase for you to get on our stage, you had to have you had to have your whole world on that stage. Like I don't care if it was a chair from your grandmama house. Like I needed a look. Because yeah. you want to bring whoever's in front of you, you want to bring them into that world. Because they may not catch your music, but they can see what's can going see on. They can see what's going on and look at it long enough to catch it. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't care if it's a banner with your face on there or something. Don't get up on the stage and just be up there thinking people are going to uh, attach to your music yeah. and hearing it that quick. It don't, it don't work like that. You got so, a mic on one phone away from your face. Nobody can't yeah, hear you. Yeah, all that. Yeah, so we, we talk about all that. And when I go to showcase, I try to help them. You know, some want to hear, some don't. You know, they want to cup the mic, and I get it because they're seeing so-and-so do that. And, you know, it's it's those little things that make a difference. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you're mixing. I mean, you can go down the line. Yeah, you know, everything. You can go down there and talk about lot, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it takes a lot. And, you know, adding dancers, whatever it takes for you to be remembered out of that showcase is what you want to shoot for. And what I tell a lot of artists is I always ask, at every showcase I go to, I ask the artist, I said, what is your reason for doing the show? I said, answer that. I said, it's not a right or wrong answer, but... And that helps me see where their focus is. Yeah. And what you think most of them say? I don't want to rock it out. That's it. They, they just want to be in front of me. Yeah. Just wanna, yeah. But what I tell them, I said, next time you do a show, I said, when's your next show? Ah, oh, it's next week. This is where I want you to approach your show. You want to approach your show for you get on that stage with the mindset of, I want to get another show. That's it. Yeah. You shouldn't have no other purpose for getting on the stage because you want somebody to talk to you when you get off the stage. And say, yeah, I want to see that. Okay. Boom. Yeah. You need to be on there. If it's Wednesday, you need to be doing a show Thursday. You need to yeah. be on a show Friday. And what happens is that obviously makes you more visible for people. Yeah, so that's so got to yeah. be your mindset of having another show and that's point blank period. Like all that stuff is good. Marketing, a lot of them don't market even though they say it. But yeah. you want to have as many shows as possible. And it starts with one show because you're visible in front of a group of people. I don't care if it's 10 people. One person can still book you for Thursday night. Yeah. And when you get Thursday night, somebody else gonna be there. Friday. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's that's you gotta be mindset. So I tell all the artists, have the mindset of you wanna be on stage every day of the week. Mm. And another problem that I have is why are you up on the stage and nobody has merch for sale? Mm. Yeah. Somebody that, got to have the merch at the door. That kills me every time. And I'm like, y'all complain about not getting paid for shows, but guess what? You can be making money yourself with your merch. Right. You don't need to be paid. 
You don't need that promoter money. You just need the people that he's bringing. You can get mugs, T-shirts. Man. I don't care if it's a Stickles, pinky ring. Man. Yeah. Like, have something. Some Key skin, chain, some man. hair. Anything. Yeah. Anything. If you do your thing up there Church the stage, fans. Yeah, meat exactly. three. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got the best meatloaf. Y'all yeah. come holler at me. <laughs> exactly. Man. Yeah, like, do it all. If you only have 15 minutes typically up at a show, and you got 15 minutes to get people back to that table back there with your auntie. I don't care who's back at that table. Like, have something to give because you just never Somebody know. Somebody else can see it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and essentially, that's how you build a fan base is, um, let's say if it's 60 people at a show, let's say you do your thing for that 15 minutes and 10 people come back and buy merch. When they buy that merch, they're giving you an email address and they're paying you. Mm-hmm. Now you got 15 email addresses. You go do another show. In the midst of that, boom, you hitting them. Hey, I got a show coming up next week. Yeah. Now you got 15 more people upon that. So now that's funny. That's yeah. exactly. So now. And you sold the shirt. Exactly. Six people love that 15 coming to your next show with yeah. your shirt on that uh-huh. they bought. Now yeah. other people with that 30, they're seeing the other people with your shirt on. Now you got 30 people going back by March because you're at the show. Now you got 30 email addresses to bring to your next show. Uh-huh. Now you done did five shows and you have what? You know, 150. Now you're getting ready to release a single. Now them 150 emails, you're shooting that song to them Man. 150 people. They know them songs. So when you do another show, you got 150 in there knowing word for word. So you say you take a gram and do what with it? <laughs> <laughs> Man, we need some dancers. These <laughs> dancers. Big church. <laughs> Big church. That's, 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 you know, one of the ways to build a small fan base. Right. And they really don't understand that. And that just is part where I help teach them and understand that thing. Yeah. I ain't saying they haven't heard it. They just haven't did it. Did it. it applied it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. So we talk about all that stuff in the academy and that's the business. That's that 90% that I was speaking about. Yeah. You know, a lot of artists that's here hard. has to really grab to really benefit what they have going on because in music, it's not, it's hard for you to hear something if you can't see anything. Yeah, mm. think about that. Yeah, you got to capture a person's attention first off. You know, they come in there with some wrinkled jogger pants. So you be like, man, yeah. I don't care what. <laughs> or he can his voice because I like I think I'm a voice guy. It's like you ain't gonna get to the voice if he's standing up there with them jogger pants. Nah, I'm like, like what he got on? Man, you know everybody right. listening to that man. Yeah, yeah let right. me get another one of them uh, Mountain Dew. <laughs> you can have you can have the dopest record ever yeah. in life. Yeah. Nobody and that. Small group people at this show may not even attach to it because of what they're seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so don't let that be the reason why your record don't take off. Or don't let that be the reason why yeah. you don't take off as an artist because you're not dressed apart. And I'm not saying you got to go out and buy the name right. brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah nah, we're saying it be clean. Yeah, be look fresh. good, man. Yeah, yeah. Look just, good. Present yourself. look the part. Everybody you look up to, look at them, how they perform on stage, how yeah. they dress, mm-hmm. and just have a part or dress to how, what reflects you as a person. Yeah, people gravitate towards that. Like I tell everybody, man, you trying to be an RB, man, get you a glitter coat because I can't see you in the back. Right. And then just shimmering back over there. <laughs> yeah, then especially you singing. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was looking at some stuff like that. I seen like you know it's not music, but comedy. How I seen uh, Mike Epps evolve. You know what I'm saying? He was regular clothes. Now he got the suit on. 
he's sparkling from the top. So yeah. like, I get it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. You so you got to present it right. That's like putting a presentation is everything. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like putting a steak dinner on the garbage can lid. Yeah, I'm about like, you know, it looked good, but man, it's on the lid. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't want it no more. Exactly. Yeah. And those little things of getting artists to really understand that. It just makes a, a lot of difference. Like, your record could be whack, but guess what? Like, man, he up there. I think it up there clean. He clean. Yeah. As soon as he get down, somebody hollering, oh, yeah, man, I got this going on. I got two females that called me. Wear your own shirt. Yeah. Right, exactly. your own merch. Yeah, yeah. I ain't even, let's not even get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, bro, that's a headache. But I had two men, females call me that are in the academy, and it was great news. I was happy for them. They did some shows. And both of these girls have personalities, and the hardest thing for them when I met them was to figure out how to show that personality on stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, one girl, I'm pretty sure, she don't mind me telling, but she is a clown. She paints her face. Yeah, I know you're talking about. You know didn't she do the one mic? Yeah. And yeah. she had like two people behind her with the bats? Yeah. I thought she was dope. Yeah, so I so I, she's been with me in Academy, and I said, we got to figure out how to, for you to show this personality. And she stepped straight into character when she's in the venues. And she was probably one of the first I talked to when I started. And I said, man, that's dope. She got a face painting. Like, that's standing out from everybody. Mm-hmm. And she called me, and uh, she performed at a show with a, a rock band, and the booking agent from the rock band signed her. Yeah. I seen her on the one mic. Uh, was it a year ago? I want to say I like I because I was thinking I said is that a little boy or a little girl? Yeah, exactly. Because she had had may had two folk two dudes in the back. I think it was another female and a guy. They going crazy. They on the show, she's, but she's spitting. Yeah. yeah, and I knew I said she a star. She different. She, yeah. she was different, so, bro. Um, so you know, so I love them phone calls to hear that because like she took what I said and ran with it. Mm. And the last show I seen her at, I spoke. I didn't know she was performing. And she came up to me, and she sounded like the Joker. Like, she was in character the whole... She didn't get out of character too Man, she's a freak. See, yeah, out. yeah. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like a good actor. Yeah. Exactly. And that, and that makes it stick. So, um, so yeah, just seeing stuff like that, it's that presentation that invites people there. Now she's got a booking agency. She's getting guaranteed bread now when she's doing the shows. And they booked up shows for and anything outside that they get a percent, but that's you know that's typical. So now she's negotiating those pieces, and that's what's you know up. it's little things like that that pick up. Now she got paid shows. Where you think her mind is at? Man, yeah, she up. She gone. Yeah, right. yeah, she up. And so yeah. it's hard to get a booking agency, but she did what she had to do. Another girl too. I said you just got to show your personality, and you can figure these things out. And once you get put in that. On, on that stage, people can see you, and that's where everything changes. And that's why I tell people, it doesn't matter if it's five people or 5,000. As long as you're up there consistently in front of people, there's things that can happen. You just never know who's there. Yeah. Yeah, you can't lose. Mm-hmm. Episode 87, man, music. 87. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, music and mental health, man, with my man, Jay Lawrence, you did. Uh, Foxman, you know, got anything you want to tell these folks before we head out of here, man? Nah, man, uh, just uh, be cool, baby. And, you know, it ain't worth uh, crashing out about. Whatever it is, you know, sit back, smoke it once, drink it once, meditate, whatever it takes, whatever you do, run some sprints, and just, you know, let it go, baby. It's all right, don't crash out. Yes, sir. Jay, you want to give uh, some some pieces or knowledge uh, for the people and uh, when it can catch the, the Six Square Academy at, if okay. they want to join? Okay. Yeah, so... Um, just some general knowledge. Just keep going and be consistent. That's all I tell everybody in the academy. Don't do it if you're not going to be consistent. Um, 
social media, whatever you wherever you can be visual, be consistent in what you have going on because you just never know who's going to see it. Don't no matter your age. Yes, the industry is younger now, but there's a platform that you built, and it's about just being consistent and sticking with it. I tell people with social media, you know, if you're hand on the post, I don't care if you post your dog. I don't want you to post them, but at least you're keeping the algorithm algorithm moving uh-huh. and you're keeping visible to people um so yeah just keep going and just be consistent that's the main thing uh, as far as me and the academy uh you can find me at sixsquareacademy.com that's the number six square uh academy and uh, you can find me on all those platforms as well um my booking link is in my bio and you can go to the website to book as well it's not it's not hard people like all you can just press a few buttons, pick what time you're good, and I'm usually good at um, being on schedule with my booking. Sometimes it, it runs over. I used to do a minimum of an hour and a half okay. with uh, my bookings. Sometimes they run over because people really are trying to get stuff done. People have got um, investors and all this thing, so uh, everybody's just on different levels. But that's how you can find me, SisqueAcademy.com. That's what's up, man. Appreciate it, Jay. And I appreciate y'all, man. man. Thank you for coming, man. Sitting down with the Big Church Podcast, man. Uh, like, subscribe to the channel, y'all, man. Big Church Podcast on that uh, YouTube, all platforms, IG, Scatter Sites on that Facebook, TikTok, the whole nine yards, man. It's always a treat when playing some each, man. We catch y'all in 88, Church on the Move. Get it.